Hi, this is Jillian, and welcome to another week of the Reflections on Learning podcast. Before we get started, I want you to think back to your time as an undergraduate education student. You created lesson plan after lesson plan, researching content, identifying goals, learner objectives, materials, activities, assessment. Then you get to the end of your plan. There it is, the part where you are supposed to identify how you will differentiate for learners. Now you go back and think about those high students, those low students, ways you can support or stretch accordingly. You walk into the classroom. You notice a student who is visually impaired. Three more students that barely speak English. Your plan did not consider this. Your hours of planning and carefully designed materials just fail to meet their needs and allow them to participate. What do you do now? This scenario is very likely in student teaching classrooms today. And this week, we are diving a little bit deeper into the practice of designing instruction on the three UDL principles of representation, action and expression, and engagement to think about how we can work smarter as teachers to ensure this scenario does not occur. This means that when designing for all learners, the information must be represented so that all have access. There are multiple ways for learners to express their knowledge and students are engaged through choices to enhance interest and recognize learner autonomy. By doing this, we are removing barriers, but at the same time, students are still able to engage in rigor in a way that is meaningful to them. By designing instruction this way, I realized this week that there are many ways to get to the ultimate goal of instruction, whatever that may be. In my case, in my class this week, I worked collaboratively with groups to look at different scenarios where universal design helps not only those that may have disabilities, but a variety of groups or individuals in a variety of ways. For example, a ramp doesn't just help those in wheelchairs, but makes life easier for moms with strollers, delivery men pushing dollies, uneasy toddlers, and the workshop presenter lugging her materials behind her on the wheeling suitcase. In the same sense, UDL supports learners that it may not have been specifically designed to support. While the blind and visually impaired benefit from text-to-speech tools, this also benefits those who want to listen to the course content as they cook dinner, or a learner who isn't just a fast who just isn't a fast reader, but has a lot of content to parse through. The transcript of a TED Talk does not only benefit the deaf or hearing impaired, but visual learners those that need to see things in writing, or a learner who is note-taking but cannot keep up with the rate of speech of the presenter. There are so many benefits for inclusive universal design that really the time and attention it takes to consider it while planning instruction are 100%. But you may be thinking it just takes so much time. This is where changing your mindset comes in. As designers become proficient in thinking with the principles of UDL in mind, it is my belief that it just becomes the way one plans instruction. Opposed to starting with the content and creating a lecture and a series of activities that students may engage in, I believe that by beginning with breaking down the main goals of instruction and simply considering representation, action and expression and engagement, while keeping in mind student differences, the design is not necessarily more burdensome, but just more efficient. By primary goals of learning, the ways students will receive the information and interact with it, as well as ways we as a teacher can encourage greater student engagement are all thought of in the planning, opposed to as an afterthought when we notice students are struggling or we identify a learner with needs that we hadn't anticipated. As my professor, Dr. Farah Valera pointed out, the simple task of beginning with planning a script for what you want to communicate 
could then be used for captions and a transcript for your video. The latter two do not need to be done as an additional step, but easily allow multiple representations of the content for the various needs of learners. Finally, the most important takeaway for me personally as I learn more about UDL and inclusive design is just how an inclusive environment helps everyone, not only due to the access, engagement, and expression components, but because of the value of a diverse community and learning environment. When thinking about universal design, it's easy to see how making the environment more accessible allows greater participation from individuals with disabilities. In addition to equal access, just being a basic human right, we all benefit from a society comprised of differently able participants, just as much so as all learners benefit from diverse learning environments. As UDL Theory and Practice, a text by Ann Meyer, David Gordon, and David Howard Rose states, learning is not only about the cognitive, the affective as well. Interacting with peers, students, and colleagues who have diverse learning abilities and seeing others succeed can truly have great impacts on all learners' beliefs regarding their own successes. It's not enough to simply have the more capable learners teachers support the learners with greater needs, but to allow all learners to have access to the material to allow for all learners to be able to contribute as part of the learning community. Only by doing this can we make learning equitable. In thinking about all of the different factors and designing instruction, while it all seems great, and it is great, there are still a not a lot of tools that make these kind of modifications or supports really easy for many populations to access. For example, I'm thinking about a kindergarten group that I'm designing remote learning for right now. There are so few tools that make it easy to add a text-to-speech component to an online lesson. For example, with Google Docs, you need to incorporate some type of an add-on. And from my understanding, then the parents need to add that add-on. And many of those parents just don't have access or they ain't, aren't able to do that. They don't have knowledge. They may not have time. They aren't there to be able to sit next to their student and make sure that they're getting these tools that maybe will help support them best because of a wide variety of reasons to no fault of their own. I wish as a teacher there were more tools out there that would allow me to design in a way that I can incorporate different things such as captions to videos and text-to-speech to a Google Doc or a lesson plan that's really intuitive and easy for someone as young as five, six years old to be able to access that without having to struggle and fumble with technology and placement. And it just seems like with all that we know and all the capabilities that are out there, a lot of these learning tools are just not intuitive and they're not easily accessible for those that are not tech savvy. The things that we do have are just so clunky and the ease of use just isn't there. I definitely see a great need for this in education and tech. And maybe this is an area that I might want to look into filling more as a teacher that struggled with this. And also with the fact that remote learning is now becoming just 
a normal factor in education these days with the coronavirus and the fact that because of uh, viruses and illnesses um, and just understanding what we know now that the switch to online and virtual learning could happen at any moment and there need to be tools that teachers can easily use and students of all ages, all abilities and their parents can access effortlessly. Thank you.